This is a podcast from The Times, sports newspaper of the year. Hello and welcome to the Games. This is the uh, final programme for London 2012. So we thought we'd get all sentimental over the next uh, 10 or 15 minutes or so. You'll hear a variety of Times reporters uh, revealing their favourite personal moment from the Games, be it, be it sporting or otherwise. Of course, as we record this, Mo Farah hasn't yet achieved his double, which he's surely going to do. But bearing that in mind, here they are. Um, author and journalist uh, Lynn Trust joins me now. And, and Lynn, one of your highlights was before the games even started. <laughs> well, yeah, I was always worried about how well we would do the opening ceremony um, because the all oh, that appearance at Beijing, you know, when they came on the bus was so terrible and so embarrassing. So um, the opening ceremony was just a triumph, I thought. And I suppose the key moment, the best moment of all, was the lighting of the flame. I just thought that the lighting of the flame and then the raising of the flame, um, which was so beautiful and so unexpected. And um, and I think it had been a pretty well-kept secret. So the way the flame was formed of all these individual flames from different countries was just lovely and very heartwarming and... and and um, I, I think I think the opening ceremony. If anyone was worried about whether we were going to do a big, good Olympics, um, I think the opening ceremony put a lot of doubts to rest. It just made you think, God, we're brilliant. <laughs> 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 Which is not something we like to think about ourselves, but I really think that um, it's been very good for the self-esteem of the British this this last couple of weeks, and I hope it has a, a lasting effect. It, it, it had every emotion, didn't it? It had pomp, circumstance, humour, uh, yeah. uh, tears, everything, didn't it? Oh yeah, no, it was extremely well well devised, and um, and of course the humour, which I think I think some countries haven't sort of got it. They have they have said, <laughs> oh dear, what was that? All, all that nonsense. But I think the the appearance of the Queen um, was just such a masterstroke. I can't imagine anyone wouldn't have, wouldn't have thought that is funny and that is amazing. And um, and we, I think, to anyone who lives in England, I mean, we were everyone would have been prepared for it to be a looky likey. And um, well, it wasn't. You know, um, apparently uh, William and Harry were interviewed um, this last week and asked, did they know? Um, that it was going to be the Queen, and they didn't know either. They wow. even they were sort of taken aback. Just thought it was so funny that uh, that the Queen had uh, agreed to uh, had agreed to be in a um, in a skit, as it were. So absolutely marvellous, and um, and I think such a, such a marvellous start to everything. Uh, Chief sports photographer Mark Aspeland, uh, you've seen so many amazing things in the games so far, but which is the standout moment? Uh, I, for me, I've got this whole catalogue running from uh, running from the opening ceremony all the way through these amazing uh, venues and events, and obviously Jessica Ennis is up there, Mo Farah's up there, but standing literally about three, five feet away from um, Uchimura, this uh, this tiny, tiny little Japanese um, gymnast, when he was on the rings and he was holding this crucifix position and he was it, it, it was it was one of the moments for a photographer where I took the camera away from my face and looked at this spectacle in front of me and I could literally feel the hairs on the back of my neck stand up on end and I just was thinking I can't possibly take a picture of this <laughs> I have to watch it because it was just so enthralling and then I realized I was a photographer for the times picked my camera up and got on with the rest of my job and I think that's that's one of the 
the defining moments for me where I where I stopped being a photographer and I just realised how unbelievably lucky I am to be standing so close to these amazing moments. Uh, do you think you can see another one from uh, Mo Farah? Do you think he's going to do the double? I do, actually. I do think he's going to do the double, just like Usain did. And um, yes, I do. And I, and I genuinely think that will cap off um, a great game. The Times chef de mission, Jeremy Griffin, uh, joins me now. Uh, Jeremy, uh, your moment, please. My moment, Chris, although I can probably pinpoint it to a second or even a fraction of a second, if you like, is, uh, is the moment when Sir Chris Hoy rounded the bend on the last lap of the, uh, of the Kirin on Tuesday, when it looked to all of us, all of us observers in the team, it looked like he was, he was a beaten man. I mean, uh, he, was, he was at least three quarters of a wheel uh, behind his nearest opponent. And all of a sudden, from nowhere, it seemed, but actually from his inc- incredibly muscular frame, obviously, he produced a burst of speed that took him over the final and, and, uh, and won him that record uh, sixth gold medal. It was a very, very special moment. Great for, for, for um, all of those who watched it. I remember uh, years ago um, in Athens when Steve Redgrave won his, won his fifth, thinking it'd be great to be there to witness that. It, what, a, what a moment it must be. And actually to see that record broken is, uh, is equally as good, I think. So, yeah, that's my moment of the Games. The fact that it was, it was his last moment of the Games must have added poignancy to it as well. It did. I mean, you, you've seen Chris Hoy on the podium a number of times, obviously, over the last few years, and uh, he is given to emotion. It has to be said, he comes across as an extraordinarily humble guy for, for someone who's achieved so much uh, in his discipline. Uh, so it's impossible not to like him, really. And as you say, without getting too cliched about it, it, it did have that um, kind of fairy tale ending to it. Uh, so, um, yeah, I think it was, it was great. One of the things about the velodrome, he's got a fantastic atmosphere. You, you know, it's, it's pressurised. Uh, they'll only let you in uh, at certain points b- b- between races. They won't open the door, be- the doors, because there's a certain level of air pressure in there. Uh, and once you get in there, it's a real cauldron of excitement and activity and, and, and noise, and um, you know, union flags all over the place. So it was a very, very patriotic moment as well. I think, and uh, and as I say, just just uh, emotional for him. And I think also, I wouldn't, I would say there were a few moist eyes in the house as well. Matt Dickinson, uh, there's a lump in my throat. Uh, tell, tell me there's one in yours too. <laughs> yes, I have to say, I mean, I've enjoyed so much great sport, um, you know, unforgettable sport, um, and, and it's been a joy. But if you want me to choose one moment, it is actually was the day I brought my kids. You know, we did have the bonus, the, the cherry on the icing of the cake of going to see a certain Mr. Bolt run um, in the evening. But it was just a, a, a day a, a day of bliss, a day of absolute bliss. And, you know, all that sort of, can we put on a, a, a good Olympics? Can we put on a great Olympics? Well, we put on a fantastic Olympics. Uh, and my kids left enchanted by the whole experience. And how significant uh, do you think uh, Usain Bolt will be for them? Will he be to them what I guess, I don't know, what Daley Thompson might be like for uh, me, I guess? Well, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, they're, they're cyclists by nature, so, uh, you know, they've, got, they've had the Wigo sideburns on. Um, 
Uh, and I'm not, I'm not joking. They, they they ride around um, the park, and I, we all have to go in formation. And if I'm lucky, I can be Chris Froome on on a good day. <laughs> but no, I mean he's he's you know if you ask them this morning, who, you know who's, who are the sporting superstars? You know Bolt is up there with Messi, Ronaldo, and anyone else you care to mention. And you know it, you, you know we talk an awful lot, and maybe sometimes um, politicians in particular overstate you know the legacy um, benefits. But there is without a doubt um, a generation of kids that will grow up and this will be a transformative um, hopefully a transformative couple of weeks Alison Rudd I've been asking uh, plenty of people this question so now it's your turn uh, what is your, your defining moment from uh, London 2012 one of the most remarkable things about the games is the way that hardened hacks have been showing their emotion and they've been clapping and (laughs) getting involved and doing things that we just never ever do and never feel we're allowed to do I mean you know the the rule is you don't show your colours so to speak if you're a football match for example and and, uh, you just don't do that but that's gone out the window at these games so my most memorable and defining moment was when I was watching Louis Smith um, take part in the uh, pommel final and I was typing away and uh, you know very busy and uh, suddenly my heart started pounding and it felt like my heart was completely separate from my head I had no idea I had emotionally bought into his story and uh, I, I, you know for a second I thought what's going on why, why is my heart pounding away I was really nervous and and then I just forgot that I was a journalist and I watched him compete with my heart pounding and when he finished I'd, I'd, I'd made sure I'd sat as close as possible to him and the judges and when he finished I put my arms out and I clapped as close to the judges as I could in the hope that my extra clapping might affect <laughs> their decision it was a completely uh, self-indulgent moment perhaps but I mean we've all been doing it so I don't feel bad about confessing it but the interesting thing for me was that it was you know a, a completely I didn't I didn't. It wasn't an intellectual reaction. It was a completely purely emotional reaction, and uh, uh, it's just nice to know that you can be there reporting, and yet you still you still feel you still feel emotional about it. And I like I like the fact that I still care. I suppose. Rick Broadbent, athletics correspondent. You've obviously spent uh, most of the time in the track. I assume your favourite moment will have come from inside the athletics stadium. Uh, definitely, definitely. And it, it was only. Um last night as well I'd go for David Radicha breaking the world record um, it was one of those pinch yourself moments and a real privilege to be there it was stunning the way he did it run from the front nobody's ever set that world record in the 800 metres without a pacemaker um, so that was astonishing he's a great bloke as well he's got a great story been a Maasai tribesman but he's very eloquent really Real gentle giant, so I'm um, really pleased for him, and I think he really stole the show from Usain Bolt, which is no easy task. So definitely David Radisha breaking the 800 metres world record. And who would win over maybe four or 500 metres, Bolt or Radisha? I think Radisha would probably win, um, although that's totally get, total guesswork. But I, I think it would be easier for Radisha to drop down than it would be for Bolt to step up. Um, I think that would him better I mean Radisha does that anyway he was going to run the 400 metres relay if Kenya had got to the final it's a shame they, they didn't make it because that would have been a great sight um, Bolt hates the idea of doing the 400 because it's, it's hard work um, getting into endurance sort of running which is reduced to Radisha's um, 
meteor, if you like. So I, I think um, I think Reduce might win it. Owen Slots, uh, Chief Sports Reporter on the Times. Uh, tell me what your defining moment uh, from the games that you'll take away is. For me, what was the actual special thing about these games was, was that I was kind of able to share it with other people, family and friends. Obviously, I wasn't with them the whole time, but, you know, you'd have friends going into the stadium uh, or, or into the velodrome, and they would be telling you, Christmas, we're so excited, we saw this thing. And that's what I liked about these games, to see that magic um, uh, brush off on other people and see, see them feeling the same way that, that you get to feel or that I get to feel every single time I go to an Olympic Games or something amazing like this. So uh, with, with that as your background, uh, Super Saturday was my day. I was incredibly lucky. It was my one day off working from the Games and I had five tickets, family tickets, for the uh, uh, athletic stadium. Uh, so I went with my wife and my three kids and we went absolutely nuts and it was just the wonderful thing was seeing that what I get and what I love about sport completely and utterly transferred to my children and I just took so much joy in seeing the tears in their eyes and the excitement on their faces when Mo Farah ran that last lap I mean Jess was fantastic and they but they, they knew they, they understood the thing that she wasn't really going to lose it and Greg Rutherford was fantastic too but the sheer thrill of seeing um, Mo Farah go around that last lap with these three little slots just getting it and just loving it and being so just on the edge of their seats with their hearts and their mouths just completely completely in the moment that was just that was completely and utterly wonderful and and, and, and the bit that will re, re, remain with me forever from that was at the end of the evening when my nine-year-old turned to me and he said dad that was the best thing I've ever seen in my life <laughs> uh, all I can say from that is it's going to be a very expensive uh, holiday to Rio in four years' time, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, no, they did, they, did, they, did, they did come to understand that this was a one-off, not to be repeated, and the amount of times I told them that was the greatest night ever in the history of British athletics, and you'll never see anything like that again. Uh, they, were quite, they were quite tired of it by the end, but um, uh, they were very lucky to see it, and I felt very lucky to be able to share it with them. You've been getting in touch throughout the games. Uh, thanks so much for all your messages on Twitter. Uh, you use the hashtag MyOlympics. Will sent a fantastic message, which sums up the British women competing so far. Will, who is at Chapeau Blanc, says, don't mess with British women. They'll punch you, kick you, then ride off on a horse in perfect time to the music. Hashtag gold. Uh, love it, Will. The gents have been pretty good too. If you're interested in subscribing to the Times iPad edition, and you should be, it's great, go to timespacks.co.uk. You can get all kinds of information that you need there. The Games is no more, but the game with Gab Marcotti will return on the 20th of August, your weekly slice of Premier League action. Thanks for listening. I've been Chris Skinner. Goodbye. Goodbye.